Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast. Today, I'm thinking about the marketing lessons that I have learned already in 2023, because things are changing fast. And I think it's really important that we adapt our marketing strategy to keep pace with those changes. I'm recording this at the beginning of 2023, and it is already clear that what worked in 2022 and 2021 is not going to work in 2023. And that is partly because of recession psychology and the fact that whatever the numbers are showing in the economy, the mindset of the public has very much shifted to a recession mindset. And if you joined me for the challenge that we did right at the beginning of January, then you'll already have, have heard my thoughts on recession psychology and some of the adaptations that we need to make. But over the past few weeks, even since we did the challenge, there has been some evidence emerging about what is working and what does not work so well in our marketing at the beginning of this year. And I thought I would share some of those learnings with you here. There are five things that I'm going to talk to you about today, and I think that they're all equally important. But the one that I would do first is the one I'm going to start with today, and that is about relationships. So you will have heard me talk on this podcast before about how crucial relationships are for marketing a private practice or an online course or any other venture that a psychologist or therapist might want to get off the ground. Relationships are the key to everything working. If you know people who already know, like and trust you, who know that you're an expert in what you do and are willing to talk to their friends about you, you're unlikely to ever really struggle to fill up your private practice. So long as those people are the right people that come into contact with your ideal client. So if if you need to do some work on that professional network, that network of people who can refer to you and that you can refer to, then I would really urge you to go back and listen to the podcast episode I recorded on that exact subject and get stuck into that first. Because this is the type of marketing that never goes anywhere. And what we're seeing at the moment in 2023 is huge fluctuations in how the social media platforms work. We're, I'm hearing some chatter about the way that Google works changing. And I think we're, we're seeing all kinds of difficulties with paid advertising as well. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad or that we shouldn't be doing them or that they're not important. I'm just saying that I wouldn't build my business strategy on one of those things working for me, even though a couple of them do really work for me at the moment. I think the thing which can't be taken away from us is our relationships with other people. And it will always be true that when somebody's looking for a mental health professional, they will prefer to work with somebody that has been recommended to them. So the first thing we all need to focus on in 2023 are the relationships that we have with people that could refer to us and people that we want to refer to. So tick that off your list first. I would recommend making a monthly date 
where you focus on it for you know a couple of hours every month, making sure that you're maintaining and building that network of people. You really won't regret it. But like I said, there's a podcast episode already that will walk you through that. So I'll link to that in the show notes. The second thing I think we need to really be focusing on in 2023 is our authority. Your authority as a professional is far more important than your presence on social media. Activities that can build your authority are the activities which show that you know your stuff to the general public or to your ideal client specifically. It's stuff like affiliations, organisations that have a little bit of kudos already with the public. If you can show that you're linked with them, then that is very much likely to give your credibility a boost. If you're still working in the NHS, say that you're still working in the NHS on your website. That gives you credibility. If you are working with a charity, talk about that on your private practice website. It gives you credibility. If you're working with one of your professional bodies, if you have a role within, say, the BPS or one of the other professional bodies, mention that. It it all makes you look more authoritative and more credible. The same can be said for media appearances. Now, we know, or you certainly do, if you've listened to the episodes of this podcast with James Waterhouse or Rachel Spencer, that you get in touch with the media and offer your professional expertise to them most of the time. But that isn't generally how the public perceive it. It it is true that if we see somebody on BBC Breakfast or in a newspaper that we respect, that we assume that they have a level of authority that we associate with that media outlet. It's called the halo effect and it's worth benefiting from. So being in the mainstream media is becoming more important. Doing things like public speaking, guesting on podcasts or blogs, writing your own books, writing your own longer form content that really shows your expertise. That could be blog posts, YouTube videos, any of that cornerstone content that we've spoken about on this podcast before. And again, I will link to those episodes that allows you to really demonstrate that you know your stuff. No writing 500 words and then saying, hey, if you like this, book an appointment with me. Like actually giving people the benefit of your expertise and telling them something meaningful in that content is what we need to see right now. Perhaps people have been recommended you and are checking you out and need to know that you know your stuff. This is crucial in the current market because people are being much more cautious about where they spend their money. So they need to know that you're an expert. And if you don't have anything demonstrating that, they're not going to be confident enough to spend their money with you. It also is likely to help your search engine optimization. And that means like where you show up on the page on a Google search, it's likely to be helpful with that. So the good news is, I think it's less important now to try and jump on social media trends and try and get in front of as many people as possible on social media. It's much more important to create stuff that you're really proud of, that demonstrates your expertise, and then use a bit of social media to try and get more eyes on it. And I would say based on the experts that I listen to about social media and the courses that I'm doing at the moment, posting three or four times a week on social is absolutely fine unless you're inspired to create more content than that. 
And it's also completely okay to take breaks when you're tired or you're burnt out. I mean, personally, I haven't had the easiest start to the year ever and I have had to take some breaks already from social media and it hasn't done my engagement any harm at all when I come back. So I think whereas the algorithms before used to really promote consistency, now it's much more about quality and putting stuff out there which is optimised for the platform you're posting on. So it's way better to create something long form that you're really proud of and a couple of great social media posts that really listen to the way that the platform you're posting on works and use those to promote that content rather than trying to churn out loads and loads and loads of content and all of it falling a little bit flat. I'd also say on the point of content creation is it's much more important to have a really well thought through strategy for your marketing that focuses on building your authority and your reach than it is to just show up relentlessly on social media. So In order to help with that, I'm recording another episode called Your Marketing Machine, which is all about how you create that strategy that's going to work for you so that you don't feel the need to kind of waste your time showing up over and over and over again on social media platforms and never really building that authority behind you. Because authority really is the key. It's not just about showing up willy-nilly all over the shop dancing and lip syncing. Thank goodness, right? I think we can all breathe a bit of a sigh of relief about that. The third thing I wanted to mention here links to that point about authority, and that is because people are being more careful with their money at the moment. They need longer to consider their purchases and they often need a bit more hand-holding before they can decide to spend money. And in the context of a therapy practice, I think, for me anyway, that is going to mean offering free consultations again. So we did an episode last year where I talked about my relationship with free consultations and I stopped offering them for a while. I used to offer them in the early days of my practice. I found they were a bit problematic. I wasn't very good at holding the boundaries and lots of people would have a consultation and then not go forward to therapy. So I stopped doing them as an experiment and my practice did much better actually when I wasn't spending my time doing that. But then I noticed when I restarted my practice back in November, when I came back from maternity leave, that actually a lot of people were were requesting to have some time with me before they went ahead to book sessions. And that those people that I met, more often than not, did then go on to book therapy sessions. And I thought that probably that is to do with this recession psychology and people, even though they do have the money, and I talked a lot in the challenge about um, trying to make your marketing speak to those people that actually do have the money, even in this difficult time, even the people that do have the money are feeling more cautious about where they put it. And so to expect somebody to do that without having had any contact with you at all, unless you've got a really established reputation, can be tricky. And because I'd had a year out and I'm in a new area where I didn't really have that kind of established reputation behind me, it seemed really important to offer that again. And I think that might be common to a lot of people's practices from what I'm hearing. So if you're not offering free consultations at the moment, it might be something to consider if you're not seeing as many referrals as you'd like. Um, Another way in which this principle has impacted on my business is on the Psychology Business School, my membership. 
because I've, I think three years ago, I offered a free trial of psychology business school or a one pound trial, sorry, so that people could come in and have a look before they decided to buy. I've, I never did that again until this month. And this month, I thought that I would open up to my entire email list the opportunity to come in and have a look around the membership for just £1 for seven days. So they could have a look at all of the courses that we have, our Start and Grow roadmap, our roadmap to a successful online course, all our masterclasses. They could come along to a weekly coaching session, get to know the community. The only thing that they couldn't do is download our suite of legal documents because that's something I had to hold back because of the intellectual property of the lawyer that created them and the fact that they, they literally cost thousands. So I couldn't give those away for a pound. Um, but other than that, it was a completely kind of no holds barred access to the membership because I had this inkling that a lot of people would be in this position of kind of wanting to come on board in the membership really serious about growing their practice and possibly listen to this podcast and felt like you know I might be the right person to help with that but I couldn't really expect them to make that decision without fully knowing what they were going to get and I know a lot of us when we start out in independent practice won't have ever been part of a business membership before, might never have done a marketing course before. So you've really got no frame of reference for what you're going to get on the other side of that purchase. So I had an inkling that people might really need a low cost way of having a look around the membership. And I was definitely right. (laughs) It's one of the most successful uh, promotions that I've ever done. So I think that that's another kind of road test for this theory that people need to come in and see what they're going to get. So if you've got an online course or if you've got a membership, I would really consider letting people have a look at at least part of what you offer in a bit more depth as part of that customer journey. So you could do that in a number of ways. So if you've got a membership, a free trial might be appropriate or a one pound trial so that you've got that psychology already of buying rather than just inviting people who might literally just want a nosy around. I think that could be a good way of doing it. If it's an online course, you could do an open day where you invite people to to come along for just one of the masterclasses that you run or just one module of the course you could open up to people. There are a few different ways of doing it and I think it's really worth considering if there is some way that you can offer that. If you've got a book, could you give away the first chapter? Lots of different ways of approaching this but I think people need that sneak peek before they make a decision. The fourth thing I wanted to bring to your attention And I talked about this a lot on the challenge, but I think it's so important for everybody that I really wanted to mention it here is the email list. I think it's really essential that when you're doing those authority building activities, maybe you're public speaking, you're guesting on a podcast or you're providing a guest blog, that you have something that you send people to, like a free downloadable, where they give you their email address so that you can contact them again building up that bank of people who are interested in your specialism, who are in your ideal client group, it gives you so much flexibility in your work. It means that if you ever decide that you want to launch an online course or a book, you have people waiting to buy that from you. And that's extremely valuable, both for now and for the long term, for your long term strategy in your business. So I'd really urge everybody, whatever your business goals, to start thinking about how you could create something that gets people onto your email list. And there are loads of clever ways of doing it. So say you're public speaking, 
you can put a QR code onto one of your slides, which people then you know snap with their phone, and it takes them straight to your free downloadable sign-up page. So you can make it really easy for people to join that mailing list wherever you meet them, whether it's at a networking event, whether it's a speaking event that you're doing, or whether it's when you're guesting on a podcast or doing a guest blog. You can even put links into your own books if you're publishing books. So it's a really good idea to do that. And obviously you'd put it across your socials and in your email signature as well. The fifth thing that I wanted to mention is specialising. <laughs> please, 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 if you haven't already, it's such a good idea to know your specialism and then to be really clear on the client group that you're trying to attract right now. It's never been so crucial because there is so much noise on the internet right now. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of finding Instagram a little bit unbearable because there are so many experts trying to tell me how to live my life all the time. So I tend to tune out the generic ones and I think most people are doing that. Whereas we get excited to follow people who are providing content that speaks exactly to us with the struggle that we're most concerned with at the moment. I don't think there could be a more important time to specialise. It also makes it much, much easier to build that authority that we've been talking out throughout this episode. So if you haven't got your specialism yet, I'm going to link to the episode that I did probably way back in 2021 about specialising. And I'd really encourage you to listen to that and get clear on, on your specialism. Now, if you've got any questions or comments about this episode, please do let me know. I'm over at Rosie Gilderthorpe on Instagram, or you can find me in our Facebook group, which is now called the Psychology Business School Toolkit. So do come and find me over on Facebook or Instagram and let me know what you thought of this episode and any takeaways or any questions that you have. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to the Business of Psychology podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It helps more mental health professionals just like you to find us and it also means a lot to me personally when I read the reviews. Thank you in advance and we'll see you next week for another episode of Practical Strategy and Inspiration to move your independent practice forwards. Mm-hmm.